chapter number two. And uh, I am not going to preach. The title of my message is The Four Dimensions of a Spirit-Filled Life, which means I have four different points about the Holy Ghost working and moving in our life. But I am only going to preach one tonight because that's about all the voice I got to preach. And I do appreciate uh, recognizing my wife for her birthday, having that party. She, her last year, she is 49 and older. This is her last year to get to say she's in the 40s. And I told somebody not to, when you talk to somebody that's 70 or 80, you tell them, man, I feel old. They say, oh, you're young. I said, well, I just can't say 50 anything and make it sound young. <laughs> so I told her it's all downhill from there. Not really, but amen, maybe just a little bit. I'm, I'm looking for Jesus to come, but I appreciate you recognizing her. Uh, we went to the ten top actually on the day of the day of her birthday and had a had a birthday dinner and celebrated her. But I appreciate you doing that tonight. I hope that you'll make plans to stay and fellowship with us. Acts chapter two and verse number one. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And again, I want to preach on the four dimensions of a Spirit-filled life. There are three of them right here in our text. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Wind has always been symbolic of the moving, the stirring, and the working of the Holy Ghost all throughout Scripture. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Fire has always been symbolic of the Holy Ghost and you read on down a few verses I didn't for the sake of time. They said these men are filled with new wine. And wine is symbolic of the Spirit of God throughout the Scripture. And those are three of the four. The fourth would be found in John chapter number 7. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Water being the fourth uh, dimension and the symbolism of the Spirit moving and working in our life. But I just want to preach on the one tonight being wind. And uh, I gave a prelude. Much of that will just be a repeat for the men that was here on Friday night. But for the ones that wasn't, you'll be hearing it for the first time. The four dimensions of a Spirit-filled life. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We ask you that you'll speak to our hearts. And Lord, you know that I need your touch upon my body tonight, upon this voice, my vocal cords. I do pray that you would heal me, Lord. 
like anything else that goes wrong in this body. You're a healer. I pray you'll touch and make well and make whole tonight. That you'll give me strength in my voice to be able to preach this message. God, as you would have me to, I pray give us ears to hear and a heart to receive it. God, touch us, fill us. Oh, stir us and move us in this altar tonight. I pray we'd leave here with a fresh baptism in the Holy Ghost and with power. Grant it, we pray in Jesus' name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? Amen. 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 Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. The word wind there in the Greek is the Greek word noe. It's actually P-N-O, but the P as in pneumatic, the P is silent there. Noe, and it means respiration, meaning breath or the act of breathing. And it literally means to breathe the breath of life. There came a sound from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind. God, in Acts chapter 2, breathed into that early church and caused that church to live. That sound of a rushing mighty wind. Wind is symbolic of the Spirit of God, both in our text and all throughout the Scripture. What you read in Acts chapter 2 is the birth of the church. It is the church's birth. Amen. In that upper room, somewhere, just as assuredly as the Holy Ghost came upon Mary and she conceived, Christ in her womb, somewhere in that upper room during the course of 40 days. Amen. That Holy Ghost overshadowed that church. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the church was birthed. Amen. The church was born. I remember years ago, Caleb in middle school went to uh, one of the little Christian schools, Snook, it's a Church of Christ school, and uh, they asked, the, when was the birth date, the birth date of the church? And they actually had a, a date, you know, when the, their church was born. And I said, that ain't the birth date of the church. He said, that's the answer they want. I said, it's the wrong answer. I said, it's a Bible class. You need to give them the Bible's answer. He said, I'll get it wrong. I said, I'd be proud to get that one wrong. I want my Bible teacher to know the truth. Church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. Amen. For one of his uh, final papers that he had to write, they could choose a topic. I thought sometimes that the Bible teacher was trying to single him out and pick on him because he knew he was the son of a Pentecostal pastor and he was trying to disprove the, uh, the evidence of speaking in other tongues. 
And he said, you know, tongues went out, the Bible said, with the apostles. Will they be tongues? They shall cease. I said, me tell him, quote, the whole scripture. When that which is perfect is come. Yep, tongues will cease. And it says, prophecy will cease. And do you know that Jesus has yet to come for the church? Do you know that the millennial reign has yet to take place? Do you know that the Antichrist has yet to still come? Well, all that's prophecy. It's prophetic, and it hasn't happened. But when it ceases, when tongues cease, prophecy's going to cease with it. And if prophecy has ceased, we're in trouble because the Lord ain't coming. It's just error. It's just wrong. Amen. Tongues have not ceased. As long as the church is here, the church is going to be fire baptized, full of the Holy Ghost, working the works of God, amen, and speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives us the utterance. And so uh, he wrote a paper on why we speak in unknown tongues. Because the teacher brought up, you know, even when they spake with tongues in the scripture, it wasn't unknown tongues. It was known tongues that they spake in. And he used in the book of Acts uh, for we, every one of us heard them speak in our own tongues the mighty works of God. I told him they heard them. In their own language. Don't mean that that's the language they spoke in. But every man heard it as their own language. I've always believed that the miracle on that day was in the hearing, not in the speaking. They all heard them. There are thousands of them. And every man heard 120 men speak in their own tongue. The miracle had to be in the hearing. I said, but. Even if on the day of Pentecost they spake in known tongues, even if that were the case, and I don't believe it was, I said, Paul said, if a man speak in an unknown tongue, he speaketh mysteries unto God. I said, hello. I mean, there it is in the scripture. He said, Dad, if I write this paper, he's going to flunk me. I'm going to get an F. I said, I'd take that F proudly. I said, but he's not supposed to be grading the paper on the content, but on, but rather on the layout of the structure of the, you know, the punctuation of the form of, he's supposed to be grading your grammar and, and the way you've got the, essay written out, not on the title and the subject. And I said, hopefully, you put enough scripture in there, he'll learn something. <laughs> he got an A on the paper. Praise the Lord. But in our text, this is the birth of the church, this new creation of God. When you and I are born again as individuals, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
And you have to know that the church is the body of Christ. Uh, it was birthed as one, as a living organism. The church is alive in and of itself. Not a building, not a structure, but the body as the church. This new creation of God was born on the day of Pentecost as God breathed into them in that upper room. God is breathing in our text uh, into that upper room, into that church uh, with forceful respiration. That's what it means, a rushing, mighty wind. The word rushing and mighty, the correct grammar. If we were writing that out in the sentence, uh, behind rushing would be a comma, and behind, uh, you, you wouldn't need one behind mighty, but behind rushing, you would need a comma to separate the two adjectives that describe the wind. Is that right? Is that correct, correct grammar? But in the King James, it's, it's just as if uh, rushing mighty wind uh, is the example of the wind of God. There's no comma or grammar or punctuation in between. He is a rushing mighty wind. Rushing and mighty are not adjectives, but rushing mighty wind is the one terminology that God used to describe the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Rushing mighty wind. And it literally means a powerful, violent wind. A powerful, violent stirring that shook that house. A powerful, violent stirring that changed every man, woman, boy, and girl in that room. I want to tell you, if the Holy Ghost falls in 2023, amen, somebody ought to know about it. It ought to shake our lives up. Somebody's going to know. Look at them. What happened to them? What's going on in their life? When a hurricane comes uh, and it brings with it uh, a powerful and violent uh, stirring and shaking, uh, roof tiles are gone. Shingles are gone. Sheets of metal are gone. Trees are laid down. There's all kind of evidence uh, that there was a powerful, violent uh, wind uh, that blew. Everybody can see it. Uh, everybody heard it. Uh, everybody felt it. Uh, everybody knew about it. Uh, I, I mentioned Friday night uh, when they see that coming in. And they track it. Uh, when they, Jesus said, you tarry and wait on it. Uh, wait for the promise of the Father. It's coming. Hallelujah to God. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here. It's almost like uh, Christ was tracking it. Uh, and said it's heading straight for Jerusalem. Don't leave. Yeah. Don't move. Uh, you're going to want to experience this. Uh, I mean, every weatherman in the country, you let a little hurricane come or blow up, uh, they track to try to find where it's going to be. They want to be there when it arrives. Uh, they want video footage uh, of them standing, uh, a palm tree behind them with a, with a limb blowing 
and wind going sideways and a little debris going down the road. They want you to see the effects. They want you to hear the effects. They want you to have a visual of what it would be like if you were in the midst of it. And God said, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a little down payment, a little earnest of what heaven is going to be like. For you, it's going to be violent. It's going to be powerful. It's going to shake you and stir you and move you, but it won't leave you the same. Thank you, Lord. I believe it ought to be like the weather channel. If a move of God happens, the whole world ought to want to know about it. Thanks be to God. Your church has revival. I think it ought to affect your classroom. Your church has revival. I think it ought to shake up your family tree. Your, your, your lost spouse ought to be under conviction. Your children and your grandchildren ought to know something stirring in this house. Certainly the church ought to be changed, thoroughly changed. God in our text breathing into that church with forceful respiration just as assuredly as he did Adam when he created him. That church being the new creation of God after Calvary, Adam being the first creation of God in the beginning, the Bible said he was made in the image and the likeness of God and that God formed Adam from the dust of the ground. You know what Adam was before God forcefully breathed into his nostril a forceful respiration. God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. Before God breathed, before the wind of the Spirit of God exhaled out of God and into Adam, he was a form of God with no life in him. He was a form of God with no power of God in him. And I want to tell you, this world can be religious, uh, systematic uh, in its machinery, in the mechanisms of ministry. And Paul warned uh, of those that would have a form of godliness, uh, denying the power thereof. Meaning there's no spirit uh, in the preaching. There's no spirit uh, in the worship. There's no spirit uh, when they pray. There's no spirit uh, in their life. They don't live nothing. They don't preach nothing. When they pray, they ask amiss to try to consume it upon their lust, and nothing happens. A form of God with no power. There's no life in Adam till God breathed into him. And the word breathe there, God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The word breathe there is the Hebrew word nafak. And it means to inflate, to blow hard, to expire, to a, a perfect parallel between Adam 
and the church, when, when you see God breathe into Adam, he is breathing life into him, almost like you're blowing up a, a, a blow-up doll. You're breathing into that, uh, into that inanimate object, trying to expand it, blow it up, or make it become life-like. You see a perfect parallel of what God did in Adam. Adam was no blow-up toy. When God breathed into him, he became alive, as much alive as God was alive. He became a living soul. He did that with nothing except a man. I want to tell you, I take no pleasure in taking a lie out of anything. I don't believe in harvesting an animal without eating it. And I was a boy, I had a BB gun, a pellet gun, a slingshot. Man, I was a terror. David Talbert said, you know, if the, the way I used to love to kill animals, he said, if I hadn't, a, he always says, born again, he puts an ED on the born. If the Lord hadn't allowed me to be born again, I might have been a serial killer. That's what he used to always say. I said, I believe you. I'm telling you, that man has killed some deer in his life. But I, I killed a doe a week before last, whenever it was. And I told Kim it was, it was walking around, eating, and they're beautiful animals. And I shot it, and it just dropped right there in its tracks, and it just lay there, never moved. And I said, there was a big part of me that was sad something that was alive and full of life and beautiful is now laying there dead. And I said, but I ain't a vegetarian and I ain't never going to be. And so that's, it tasted real good on Friday night. Didn't it, Brother Phil? Man, it was good. I'm just telling you, I take no pleasure in taking the life of any creature. But God didn't breathe into no white-tailed deer. Yeah. Right. You know, I didn't lose sleep that night, though I felt bad after I pulled the trigger. I didn't lose no sleep and ask God to forgive me for committing murder. But if I was to take a man's life, now that would keep me awake. That would bring horror into my soul because that man is a is a living soul. That man has an eternal soul that's bound and destined for heaven or hell. And to know that if you killed a man or you killed a woman that you put that soul at that very moment uh, into their eternal state. And if they weren't ready to go, man, if I was to accidentally hit somebody with, a, with my vehicle, 
and to know that they died and not to know if they were saved or lost. I, 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 I have a terrible time dealing with that. But I've hit deer with my vehicle and the only thing that bothered me is they tore my vehicle up. The perfect parallel between Adam and the church. He breathed life into Adam. Yeah. He became a living soul just as alive as God was. And then in Acts 2 and 33, Peter preaching of what had happened at Pentecost. Therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he being Christ, hath shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. Yeah. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's why there's no expiration on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If it was for you, it's for your children, it's for your grandchildren, and it'll be for their grandchildren until Jesus comes back. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Uh, amen. Powerful, violent, uh, forceful yeah. expiration was going, or respiration was going on. Yeah. God was breathing into that church, and that church in response uh, was alive. And the longer he breathed into it, uh, the more that church inflated. Yeah. In one day, they went from 120 to 3,120. I want to tell you all throughout the book of Acts, over and over and over again, it says they were all filled right. with the Holy Ghost. And God added to the church daily such as should be saved. When something lives, when it breathes, when it's alive, it should expand, it should grow, right. it should reproduce after its own kind. Yeah. Holy Ghost wind blew through that upper room, inspiring that church to live, inflating that church from 120 to over 3,000. That wind, the wind of God, the breath of God is always blowing, moving, inspiring. It can be heard, it can be seen, and it can be felt. Yeah. I know what you think. Wind can be heard. I laid down on Thursday night and that front was coming through. That wind was coming, that front was coming out of the north. 
I ain't watched no news, listened to no news, looked at a forecast. We were going up to the country Friday to view some land that we might want to lease for next year's hunting season. All I could hear when I laid down that bedroom. I said, man, it is doing some blowing. If it's blowing that hard, it's going to be cold in the morning. When I walked outside, it was in the low 40s. By that night, it had done got down into the 30s. Cold. Blowing. Before I could feel it, I could hear it. Woo! It's blowing out there. I know what it's got to feel like. Somebody tell me, Brother Eddie, the Holy Ghost came down at our place today. I wasn't there, but if he did, I can just about imagine what it had to have felt like. Why? Because I felt uh, the effects of it. You walk outside and the wind's blowing, you feel it. If you were a blind man, you could at least feel which side it's hitting you from. You may not, uh, as blind, know its direction, but I can see. I'm staring toward that gulf. I'm looking down toward Gulf Shores. I'm looking south. That wind's hitting me in the back of the head. It's coming out of the north. Uh, it's going to get cold. When it starts blowing out of the south, it can't blow out of the south long until we're going to be sweating and mosquitoes are going to be biting. I don't have to be a weatherman. I've just lived here long enough. If I can, if I can feel the effects of that wind, and since which direction it's coming from, I know what's coming behind it. I've been living for God long enough to know that if that wind of God begins to blow into a life, I know what's coming behind it. He's the Holy Ghost, and they're going to live a holy life. That's right. They're going to walk with God. They're going to get in that book. They're going to find somewhere to pray. They're going to live right, walk right, talk right, and be right. John 3 and verse 8, the wind. The word wind there is the breath. The breath of life. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And the word listeth means where it pleases or where it delights. Jesus said the wind blows wherever it wants to. That's right. Woo! The wind blows wherever it so pleases. Somebody said, well, I don't want no wind messing my hair up. Well, baby, you better stay inside. Because if you walk outside, it's going to blow your part the wrong way. Hallelujah. Glory. Brother Clint, Brother Corey, they know. Man, I hate to drive down that interstate when it's blowing a gale because it's going to push me all over the road. It blows where it wants to blow. It blows wherever it delights or where it pleases is what the word means. 
He said, thou hearest the sound thereof. There came a sound from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind. You hear the sound thereof, but cannot tell from whence it came and where it went. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. You said you can hear it. You can hear it. You can see it too. You can't see wind. I can when it stirs up the dust, Brother Bob. I can when it's a hurricane and the clouds are going in a circle. I can when it's a tornado or a water spout. I can see the wind. I can when I'm looking at one of these businesses that's got a giant flag flying out. A flag is wide as this sanctuary standing straight out. I'm telling you, it's blowing a gale. That flag's laying and barely flickering. You know there ain't much breeze a-blowing. And I can tell you when there ain't much going on in the church, there ain't much a breeze a-blowing in there. There ain't much going on. There ain't much happening by way of the Spirit. Somebody's life isn't bearing any fruit if the Spirit's not moving them at all to be Christ-like. There's no end of God breathing in that life. They need spiritual resuscitation. They need spiritual CPR. They need an evangelist to come with a defibrillator and shock them into breathing again. If there's no breath, there can't be no life for very long. He said, you hear the sound thereof, but the only way you can tell that is blowing is to see. Is hitting something. Is the trees are bending. Root tiles are coming off. Debris blowing through the air. And then you feel the effects of it. I feel the Lord is stirring. I feel the Lord is moving. Hallelujah to God. I hear it, I can see it, and I can feel it. Yeah. That is how the Spirit is meant to move. That's right. It is rushing and mighty. Again, meaning powerful and violent. Think about this. The wind is a type of the Spirit. Wind has no boundaries. That wind, that front's going to, that northerner, going to come out of Canada. It's going to sweep right across the U.S. border and there ain't nobody that can stop it. That's right. That's right. It's bringing frigid, cold temperature with it. It's cold in Canada. Three or four days ago, but when that wind comes, you're going to feel what they've been feeling. Yeah. Cold. <laughs> we don't deal with cold too well down here on the Gulf Coast. Hallelujah. Because we're used to a south wind. They don't deal with heat and humidity up there as well as we do. 
Not that there's a good way to deal with it. They just ain't used to it. Amen. Uh, Taylor's come years ago from, from California. Five of them youngins, every time they go out, they leave the back door wide open. I get up, walk over to the door, shut the door and pull it to and come back and sit down. One of them come back in five minutes later, leave the door open. I'd walk over and shut the door and go sit back down. They'd go back outside, leave the door open. I'd walk. I think uh, Sister Cindy saw me get a little aggravated. She says, that bother you? I said, for two reasons, yes. She said, well, why? I said, we got flies and gnats and mosquitoes. And I don't want my house full of any of those three. And number two, we got the air conditioner running wide open, full blast. It's 100 degrees outside, and I don't want all the cold to go out. She said, well, we don't have no bugs where we live, and we don't have to run the air conditioner like this. The temperature, I said, well, you ain't in California no more, baby. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wind has no boundary. It's going to cross borders. I made the statement Friday night. The wind's blowing across that sea. It decides to blow across a secular, atheistic, uh, European continent. Uh, guess what? Uh, the wind don't care if they're a bunch of atheists or not. Uh, it's just going to blow over that continent. Yeah. It blows uh, across Europe uh, right into Russia. It don't care if Mr. Putin is a communist or not. The wind's going to blow right across the border of Russia. The wind is going to sweep right over the Great Wall of China and don't care if Emperor Xi likes it or don't. The wind, if it so desires, is going to sweep right across the United States of America, whether Biden thinks that's a good thing or a bad thing, it ain't interested. I want to tell you, whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You let the church pray, whether it's an underground church in China or in the Middle East or the persecuted church in India or the lukewarm church of America. You let the church, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You let the church begin to pray and the wind of God begin to blow. God, the Holy Ghost, don't care who Biden is. Amen. He don't care who Putin is. He don't care about Emperor Xi or about a military dictator. That wind is going to blow. You know that wind filled that upper room with a, with a Herod and with a Caesar that hated God. Thank God. That's why I don't care about Fox News. I don't. I already know who I'm voting for. Anybody that's running against a, a demoniac. I'd have voted for a German shepherd when Hillary Clinton was running for president. I would have. I'd have voted for Lassie the Collie Dog. 
over Hillary Clinton. That's mean. No, that's just smart. Because I knew she was full of the devil and wanted to destroy our country. It just so happened to be that Donald Trump was run against her. I voted for the Texas senator, Ted Cruz, in the Alabama primary. I thought he would have made a, a constitutionalist, a, a good conservative president. Donald Trump took Alabama by 70-something percent in the primary. And Dad wanted Trump. I wanted Cruz. Dad said, well, Trump got it. Your man lost. I hope you're going to vote for Trump. I said, my God, why wouldn't I vote for Trump? Anybody running against her, I'm voting for. Amen. So I, I don't need Fox News to tell me that if Biden runs in 24, I'll be voting against him. They don't even come to Alabama and campaign. Why? Because we down here in the Bible Belt. Because we still preach against, we still call an abomination an abomination. And we still call abortion murder. And we still preach the truth. They don't even bother. We'll give you your seven or nine electoral votes. We ain't even going to campaign. Good. That's less I got to look at you. And less I got to hear your lies. I want them to get saved. I want to tell you, I ain't looking at that. I'm not listening to that. I'm not going to stand and give a little golf clap to that. Well, you lowered, you, you, you got into the reserves and lowered my gas price by a dime. Good for you. I ain't interested in how low you can get the gas prices, though I like paying lower prices like you. What I'm interested in is the wind blowing in your house, Mr. Biden. The wind blowing on your son, Hunter. The wind blowing through that Congress and through that Senate and through our school and across our court. I want the wind to blow. I want it to shake our land. I want it to blow in my house. Hallelujah. Listen, it has no boundary. It blows wherever it wants, wherever it pleases. That ought to encourage us to pray for revival. It blows upon the church and the heathen. It blows in the prayer closet and down the aisle at Walmart. The Holy Ghost will move as quick in the meat market at Walmart if you let him as he would in this church. Jack Cole years ago in the 40s, he got saved. He'd never been to church in his life. He was unchurched. He said, I was a drunk. I staggered up underneath a tent meeting, a holy roller meeting. He said the preacher preached preached me under conviction, and God sobered me up. I went down to the altar, and I asked the Lord, this Jesus, I want to know him. This Jesus, I want you to save me. I want you to forgive me. I want you to live in me. He said, I didn't know no churchy words. 
I didn't know, amen. I didn't know, praise the Lord. I didn't know, hallelujah. And I didn't know it'd be proper to say thank you, Jesus. He said, I just knew barroom terms and ball game terms. He said, so when the Spirit of God touched me and the peace of God and the love of God flowed through my heart, I got up out of the altar and I said, hot dog, I got it. Hot dog, I got it. And he said, I all the way home. He said, I was just so happy. I didn't know what else to say. But all the way home, I feel God come over my soul. I cry out, hot dog, I got it. Hot dog, I got it. He said, I walked in the door of my house, being a grown man, still living with my parents. Had been on the bottle for years. I walked in, tears of joy running down my face. My mama said, Jack, what's wrong with you, boy? Where you been this hour of the night? He said, Mama, hot dog, I got it. She said, Daddy, help me put Jack to bed. He's on a drunk. He said, I'm not drunk, Mama. I've been down to the tent meeting. She said, down there with them holy rollers, boy. She said, your daddy said they'll throw some kind of powder on you and give you something. He said, they didn't throw no powder on me, mama, but I got it. Hot dog, I got it. Said they, you know, uh, forced him to go to bed. Said he got up for breakfast the next morning. Mama made him coffee and pancakes and he was eating. He got to thinking about what the preacher was preaching about. Tear rolled down his face. He went to weeping and crying. She said, Jack, what's wrong, son? I'm thinking about Jesus, mama. Oh, he threw his hands up and said, oh, hot dog, I got it. Hot dog, I got it. His daddy got up from the table and said, you've lost your mind. When, when dad walked off, mom began to cry. And said, son, it'd be all right. I want to go down there to the tent meeting with you tonight. He said, oh, mama, that would make me so happy. Said the preacher preached the next night. Said my mama got up, went down the aisle, knelt over the altar and wept tears of repentance and prayed the prayer, Lord, give me what Jack's got. Lord, do for me what you did for Jack. Said when the Spirit of God swept over her soul and she knew her sins were gone, she leaped up, Brother David, and said, hot dog, I got it. Hot dog, I got it. They went home together, walked in the door. Her husband said, where you been this hour of the night? She said, been to the meeting with Jack. Hot dog, honey, I got it. Hot dog, honey, it's real. He said, don't go back down there. Oh, they went grocery shopping the next day, Jack and Mama. And they went down the aisle. And old Jack said, I pulled and grabbed a can of tomato paste or tomato sauce. And I looked at the label. Tears began to run down my face. He said, look, or his mama pulled the tomato sauce can and said, look here, Jack. That reminds me of the red blood of Jesus that washed me clean from my sin last night. Oh, Jack Cole threw both hands up. Hot dog, I got it. He started running laps around the grocery store. He and his mama crying and shouting, hot dog. 
dog. I got it. He said, when I came to myself, I was standing in front of the meat market, leaned over the refrigerated aisle over a pack of steaks. The old butcher was standing there looking at me with a bloody apron on. See, you've been down there to that meeting, ain't you? To that tent meeting. He said, yeah. How did you know? He said, my wife went two nights ago and she's acting just like you. <laughs> Wind started blowing in my house. I've seen it, heard and felt it for the last two days. He said, me and mama went back. The third night, praying for my daddy. Praying and hoping and believing that daddy would come to 10th meeting. Daddy didn't show. The preacher preached and he said, I was a little disappointed. He said, when he gave the altar call, he said, who came down the aisle? The first one to respond, the old butcher, wiping tears from his eye. <laughs> Hallelujah to God. How? Because he's living with it at home and it blew into that meat market. It blew right into the refrigerated aisle. Hallelujah. Wow, hallelujah to God. I'm old enough now, I don't care. I see people in Walmart, they say, Brother Sullivan, we're going through this or we're dealing with this or I got cancer, I've got this, that, and the other. Would you pray for us? I say, yeah, let's pray right now. I want them to see. I want them to hear. And I want it to fall. Would you speak in tongues in Walmart as quick as I'd speak in English? Would you speak in tongues in Burger King as quick as I would speak in English? Why? Because the wind will blow. You open that door, it's blowing outside. The wind will blow right on up into Burger King. You open the door going to the auto parts needing to buy brake pads. If it's blowing a gale outside, it'll blow the door open and rush on in there behind the counter. And whoever's selling you the brake pads ain't ever been to church. They're going through a divorce. They need God. The wind needs to blow. The wind needs to blow in that hospital hallway. The wind needs to blow in the old folks' home, in the convalescent home, in the nursing home. The wind needs to blow in your high school. The wind needs to blow in that secular university. The wind needs to blow in the dugout, on the ball field, in the cafeteria. The wind of God needs to blow. It blows across construction sites and through classrooms. It blows under the tent meetings and in the hospital rooms. It blows across the street corner and into the prison cell. It blows wherever it will. Genesis 1 and 2, the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved 
upon the face of the water. When the wind is blowing, it's moving. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. The word move there. Rakaf, it means to brood, to incubate, to inspire to life when a hen is brooding over those unhatched biddies, brooding over that nest, brooding over those eggs. She's stirring that nest up, fluffing those feathers out, sitting on that nest like a good mother hen, brooding, awaiting the day that life is going to break forth, Brother Bob. Brooding, hallelujah. What happened in pre-creation, that uh, pre-Genesis void, the earth was uh, void and without form, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved, brooded over the waters. Brother Joey's hovering over the face of the deep because darkness had covered the earth. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Holy Ghost moved. The Holy Ghost brooded over it. Incubating life. Life is about to break forth. Life, God is about to move. I want to tell you, if God moves in here tonight, it'll only be when that wind begins to blow. That Holy Ghost comes when he's come. He will testify of me. When the Holy Ghost comes on the scene, Jesus is fixing the move. The Bible said the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. When that Holy Ghost wind moves, when the Spirit of God begins to brood, I can see that same wind. Stephen's preaching. His face shone like an angel. He's preaching like a man from another world, full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And there's a man there, full of hell, full of darkness, holding the coats of men that are gnashing on him, stoning him with stones. But the Holy Ghost is a moving. He's brooding over the life of one Saul of Tarsus. He's working. He's dealing. Something's about to happen. What's going to happen? The light's about to break forth. Brighter than the noonday sun. Who are you? I'm Jesus. What do you want? Go to go on to Damascus. I'm going to have a man meet you there. He's going to lay hands on you that you'll recover your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost and tell you the great things you'll suffer for my name's sake and you're going to preach this gospel to the Gentiles to be a light to them that sit in darkness. Oh, hallelujah. If that Holy Ghost can only brood over your home, something is going to happen. I feel God, I don't know which way to go, but I feel God in this house tonight. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands and love him tonight. 
prophet of old prophesied son of man prophesied unto the wind and command the wind to blow from the four corners of the earth and see will I not hear your prayer and open up the windows of heaven and I will breathe my breath my righteousness my holiness my power in my glory, I will breathe with respiration into your heart and into your life. I will breathe into my church. I will breathe upon whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord. And I will command those that are slain, those that are bound, those that are dead, those that are held captive, those that are weak, those that are infirmed, that are sick, that are diseased. I will command them to rise up and I will put my life, my breath, into their spirit and they will live and you will know that I am the Lord and that I have done it saith God for I am the same yesterday today and forever and I breathe upon whomsoever I will I move wheresoever I will and I do whatsoever I will saith the Lord Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, let's get in this altar tonight. God's in this house. God Almighty is in this place. Hallelujah.